Welcome to A Couch Divided Podcast, where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Uh, welcome everybody to uh, Couch Divided Podcast. I am uh, Nick Thomas. Alongside uh, with me is uh, Dr. Robin Hall, the lovely Dr. Robin Hall. Just getting over being sick, Dr. Robin uh, Hall. We didn't notify anybody that they were uh, that you were sick uh, no, at all. No, we didn't. You guys can definitely hear in my voice that I'm getting over it. Right, right, so. right. But I'm glad you're 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 well now and uh, ready to go. Right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. We have actually a very special episode uh, going on uh, today, coming all the way from Australia. <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Yes. Is uh is Cass Backhouse from uh Her Theology uh podcast. Her Theology Podcast. Mm. Great podcast, by the way. Um almost the Australian version of Sheologians. Yeah. If you, if you, ah. yeah. If, you start, if you start back with her old stuff too, like their first series is yeah. on the five solas, and it's excellent. Yeah. And uh, and then of course Sheologians is the Australian version of her theology. So her the um, there we go. I'll take that as a compliment. I love Sheologians, yes. love this girl. So shout out to them, and uh, we'll get you introduced to them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's let's start uh, with this. Um, we made a comment on Instagram, or maybe on one of our episodes, talking about Australia, and then yes. Cass, you reached out to us. And we've yeah, been, we've been friends ever since. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. So I was cool. like, "Well, I'm I'm one of your Aussie listeners," and um, yeah, and I I look for all our listeners here in Australia. I highly recommend listening to a Couch Divided. You guys do an excellent job at pairing the world and psychology with Christianity, and what does that look like for our faith? And uh, what does the Bible say? And how does the Bible speak into psychology and yeah. what's going on? And so. I've been listening and binging on your um, episodes. I just listened to the grief one, actually. It was quite good. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's so cool. I reached out because I thought, I want to hear what you guys have to say about what is going on currently in the world and the fear that is gripping the nations, I will say nations, um, and I guess the way in which the government is using fear to sell and control and right. to manipulate um, what, truth is these days and so you were both keen when you heard that when I reached out and I'm so excited that we're here finally today I know we've been planning this for about a couple of months now and ever mm. since we started talking uh, about fear I've been noticing that around uh, the uh, you know my own community and just been trying to analyze what's been going on politically mm. you know in our governments uh, in our churches you know in just the surrounding people um, around me 
Um, like, uh, I'll, 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 I'll start off with this. I just saw a post the other day that said, you know, oh my gosh, it finally happened. Somebody walked into my uh, store with not a mask on and there were unvaxxed and they refused to put a mask on even after we tried to give that to them. Um, and then there was a comment uh, on that post uh, that said, oh, oh my gosh, are you okay? I hope you're all right. Um, like they, like, oh again, goodness. they just ran into the most <laughs> awful person I ever. I cannot roll my eyes hard enough at that. And granted, <laughs> they were in San Francisco, but, um, <laughs> um, and there's a lot of, well, I mean, it's the nature of our conversation. There's a lot of uh, political atmosphere, political, yeah. uh, uh, political pejoratives, um, and a, a demeaning of people um, because of our current climate. And, and, you know, coronavirus is something to take seriously. And once something, you know, like this happens, you know, sinful creatures end up attacking each other. And that's what we're doing right now. So, yeah. yeah. I think maybe, oh, sorry, Cass. <laughs> Go ahead. How you go. Go, 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 go. I was going to say, like, maybe it'd be a good idea for both of us to kind of summarize what it's like in our respective countries, because it's quite different with regard mm -hmm. to um, mm -hmm. the cult, like the culture around it. I, different um, in detail, but we've we see definitely a fear culture in both like, right. both places. But I'm not sure how many of our listeners even realize what it's like in Australia right now. Yeah, so what's going yeah. on out there? Yeah, tell us. Uh, it's it's wild. And obviously, I'm cautious about what I say because a lot of our, I mean, such is the culture and, and the, the feel right now in society, which I'm sure is the same in America. It is so divided. Right. So, you know, what I might see is really negative and not right and to me is just plain out evil and wrong by our government. Others would say is a great thing and um, is helping society forward. So, you know, whatever I say, you know, this is my view and opinion. Um, but I would say uh, for the large part, most people would tend to agree on a lot of it, but um, I mean, it is the first and foremost in Australia. And like I said, I'm sure it's the same in America It is very divided right now, Yeah, you know, um, and it's all in the name of science. And so the government, the way Australia operates, we're a nation, we've got um, different states though, similar to America, um, states, states and territories. And each state we have learnt from COVID um, is a country to itself, to be yeah. really honest. Okay. So um, in Australia, so New South Wales, um, Queensland and Victoria, we have our, our borders are open to anyone and everyone in Australia. But um, if I was to go into another state like South Australia, Tasmania, Northern Territory or WA, um, I would not be able to go to that. I would not be able to travel into that um, state, even for an emergency, if I'm not vaccinated. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, um, masks are mandated still all throughout New South Wales, or most of the states, I think. Um, but then they lifted that for like 10 days and then they brought it back again. So, you know, we've, we've been in and out of restrictions. We had um, right at the beginning, we had, you know, a few months restrictions. We've just come out of a long six-month restriction um, where school didn't operate for that entire time. Um, all elective surgeries have been put on hold for nearly two years now. I mean, the backlog of elective surgeries is ridiculous. Right. Um, you have businesses that have closed. Um, we're starting to 
feel a bit of the what America's got with the supply chains being oh, yeah. delayed. Oh, yeah. And they're saying a lot of that has to do with the fact that people are getting COVID now because we're letting it go rampant through our society, finally, because Australia, for I should say, for two years, Australia closed its borders internationally. We had barely any COVID because they were just like, we're just going to build this wall that no one can get in and we'll just never have COVID. So finally, wow. I will say it is a really nice step forward for the government to say, this is happening. We just have to learn to live with it. Yeah, you're just right. going to have to Which learn to deal big, with it. Yeah. yeah, big step forward. But that also has come off the back of we have one of the world's highest vaccination rates. So they say 90%. I actually personally don't trust that stat um, okay. because I know an awful lot of people that are not <laughs> wow. not vaccinated. So I, I'm not sure. And, again, this, again, speaks into the culture and uh, I guess the messaging that's being relayed no one trusts anyone anymore no one trusts the government no one trusts the healthcare system um the people that do trust it then don't trust any other form of science or any other opposing view so it seems to be people believe one thing or another and they can't trust anything that might challenge that narrative so whether it be they're pro what the government's doing in the healthcare system or whether there's someone that's going that doesn't seem to add up i'm questioning it so then they don't trust right anything anymore that the government says so it's you can see how it's this very polarizing time in australia right. um and we do. We have quarantine camps that wow. are being yeah, built. What is a quarantine camp? Can you tell us what that is? A quarantine camp is um, so in Northern Territory, they relocated some um, Indigenous people groups into these quarantine camps to protect them from COVID. Um, but then also anyone that traveled into that state had to quarantine for two weeks in these quarantine camps. Wow. So they're like little bunker style things with your own little veranda and you get food delivered to you. And it's, it's wild. Oh though. I mean, like, goodness. I don't even know. Again, That's a like- lot of people are pro it and think it's great, but you look at it, you take a step back and you're like, what are we doing? It sounds like fascism. It sounds like fascism light. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. it's exactly light. What about what about that? Is light? Yeah, like an indigenous people group from their it's, home. Yeah, and, and sticking them uh, in are camps you? and telling them to uh, to get there. I mean, yeah, it's probably full blown. Um, yeah, but it's just without the master plan of Hitler kind of well, thing, you know. Yeah, but like again, if you were to ask some people, they would think it's a really good thing. We're caring for them. We're doing the right. Whereas well, someone like me, I'd step back and go, "No, we're taking away people's autonomy. Right. They're adults. Yeah, they can choose what they want to do with their health, how they want to live. Yeah, that's the best way to when go. When we about start, it. Yeah. when we start pushing these laws." in the name of public health and safety. Well, I mean, you know what the name of the committee was at the, at the gallows of the French revolution. It was the committee for public health and safety. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's always that. that was isn't it? <laughs> beheading people. I mean, come on, this is not a new trick. This is nothing new under the sun. No. So again, like I said, so that's to give you some idea, I can look at some of these things and go, they're really wrong, but you would have other believers that would say, no, I think that's a really, really good thing. Wow. So it's very hard and polarizing at the moment as a Christian. And that's why I guess I want to talk to you guys about fear and how that kind of 
transforms our views of others and how we navigate relationships and and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the current climate out here is not much different from what you're talking about as far as, Mm. you know, the way people are acting towards each other. Yeah, how polarized it is. Right. But, you know, we've had victories. Um, And so, you know, the Supreme Court just shot down Biden's mask mandate kind of thing. And here's the thing. I, I think he knew it was going to get shot down in the first place. But the propaganda is already got uh, out there and businesses yeah. are already starting to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe OSHA or um, uh, or any of the institutions that we rely on uh, to implement, you know, health and safety um, are backing down on, you know, the legality of whether or not you do it. But the businesses are still complying with what, um, you know, what the president has said, because right. it is now it's not just a matter of safety. It is now a virtue yeah. and a political standpoint. Virtue signaling is a huge part of this. Now, if you don't comply with all of these ridiculous inane measures that we know don't do anything to stop the spread of this virus, you are considered cruel and not loving of neighbor and i think um like christians that is such an easy way for christians to be manipulated right right? because we are charged by god to go make disciples and to love our neighbor like we would love ourselves right and that means taking care of our neighbor if all you're getting all day long from your media outlets is it's unloving if you don't get vaccinated it's unloving if you don't wear a mask it's unloving if you let your kids go to school or go to the park or to the you know beach even though oh my gosh if this was ebola guys like (laughs) then yeah like i can i can understand why people would be so ready to try a vaccine even a vaccine that has vaccines that haven't been tested over the long term because the mortality rate is so high right with something like that um and i think another piece of this like that's happening we're forgetting our christian identity and this is going on it sounds like very much in australia and it is here like where why where's all this fear of death coming from Mm -hmm. as a christian like where is your hope resting Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it's it is to me it's so perplexing it's so odd and so like like you're saying the sides are so polarized i'm sure they have difficulty like seeing it from my point of view because i i have difficulty seeing it from theirs i'm yes just putting it out there like i do not understand why any person would be so willing to like forfeit individual liberty like especially when we've got data that says this stuff doesn't help so um (laughs) you know and, and and as far as western culture is concerned the farther we get away from the cross in uh, the meaning of the atonement and what it accomplished uh, from an orthodox biblical standpoint, you just start filling in the gaps of what you think life is and what the purpose of mm-hmm, life sure. is. And pretty soon, I mean, it's almost it's almost primary nature for somebody just to survive and stay alive. If there is no purpose, life is all you have or breathing is all you have you know and so no wonder there's a tremendous fear of death uh because they can't rely on god to give them a comfort uh uh, before or after uh or during um and uh they're just trying to stay alive so they can chastise people for their moral virtue 
because their worldview was correct, yet cling on to the fear of death and keep trying yes. to keep life mm. because they have no purpose. Um, and when you've, uh, uh, or they make so, it up. So you know. for the unbeliever, right? But yeah. like what you're saying, Cass, is that this is exist, like this is really prevalent in the church in Australia. Right. Like you're yeah. seeing that pol- that it's really polarized within the church. Right. Um, but that the, like the church overall seems to be in support of what the government's been doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So I, just to give some context as well, um, Kirsten and I, who used to co-host with me on this podcast, um, we did an episode in September, 2020. Yeah. September, 2020, um, called fear that will destroy. And we, we talked about, I mean, that was right at the beginning. I mean, not right at the beginning and it'd been out for a few months, but I didn't, didn't picture COVID to be going this long. I didn't, picture it to be ramping i was a bit optimistic okay? yeah still, Whatever. Sure. i was naive yeah at that point so right, right. yeah yeah and we did that episode just a little episode just to kind of address you know don't be fearful we don't need to fear death we need to focus on god you know that sort of stuff sure. but i've been shocked to see how many christians have reacted uh in fear and and are so um, unwilling to have conversations that challenge the narrative that's being spilled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the government, I've, I've been chatting to some people and being like, you know, the government's lied about this, 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 this. They're like, well, yeah, but they've got to, you know, and I'm like, what is, what is this? And, and I've been trying to analyze, like, what is this defense of the government? What is this um, defense of the narrative that, that is falling apart constantly? I mean, it mm. is so easily proven to be wrong and that they're lying and manipulating you, mm-hmm. but yet we're so defensive of it. And I think it comes down to that fear in the yeah. end of oh, not being in control, fear of not having the truth. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I just thought back off the end. I'm like, I thought I dealt with that subject. And I'm like, no, now more than ever, this subject needs to be brought back up. Right. Just, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just like anything in psychology, you know, boiling down uh, everything to a single variant cause is probably um, not a good idea because well, of the complexity <laughs> yeah. of categories of why, but we see the preeminent behavior of fear. Well, yeah. Um, and, and that's we, derived from a lot of things. And I think it's, too, we do see like this group think, um, phenomenon occurring, right? That's really good um, that you mentioned that. And so I think yes. like, well, yes, we do have to consider that like their individual, right? Like factors that influence every single person's like personal view about this there does seem to be like across the culture like a mass like a group think phenomenon occurring on both ends like like of the of the polls um and so few people actually trying to find out like what the truth really is right Um, well and the people that are really trying like getting suppressed you know um, suppressed in the media like it's it's just so nuts, you know, like, especially in our country, like where free press is like, a, you know, an integral foundational component of like our constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just kind of blows my mind. I do think that you are like a hundred percent right. Like clinically looking at it, um, 
this, it could, I mean, like fear that if they admit that they like shouldn't have trusted the government all this time, um, everything they've been doing is in vain. Yeah. I hate that. Like, (laughs) you know, being made the fool that like nobody wants to find out that they were like duped quote unquote. Um, but it's a lot of fear of man, a lot of fear of like, you know, losing reputation, um, like ego wounding type stuff. Right. Right. And not focusing on the cross. And I think there's definitely got to be a component when your pastor is from the pulpit telling you that you should be compliant. Yeah. You know, I, Oh my goodness. You have, you have to stand before God. And, uh, and explain that, you know, know? and so as, and I come, you know, we, we, we attend Apologia church and most of us are theonomists, uh, or, uh, and I want to define that too, as well, because what we mean by, yeah, well, well, what we mean by theonomy is not, you know, crazy Eastern country and we're uh, holding AK 47s, making everybody worship Jesus <laughs> because that's what everybody thinks. Theonomy is. Sure. We, had, let's just say, uh, let's just say it's God's law and God's ways of governing, um, is objective. Right. And we yield to that. Um, and so we submit to the government, no problem, but when they try to usurp God's law we disobey right we disobey so i'm all for right. romans 13 so I'll, I'll i'll explain theonomy in that way instead of like yep. uh, you know the covenant theology and things like that that, <laughs> that may be a part of it but um and uh you know i i do take in light of two or three witnesses extremely serious Absolutely. And when I have one politician saying one thing and the other politician saying uh, the, the next and they claim to be talking to each other and are telling us different things and we're reliant on this uh, this institution and this institution, I don't have credible two or three witnesses to tell me the objective truth. Uh, the government can play that role, uh, but um, they are running around with their heads cut off. And mm. uh, I think it is because of, you know, they're fearing themselves uh, and then total, uh, in, uh, you know, inco- uh, you know, incompetency. Yeah, well, right. That was a big word for me. Incompetency. I <laughs> it almost uh, didn't come out. Yeah, it almost didn't come out. Incompetency. And then also they're trying to keep their seat uh, yeah. in the office. And, you know. I, I don't, I, I'm, the ghetto kid is getting ready to come out. I'm from the streets and I know when you're trying to keep something. <laughs> right when you're trying to protect right. your state. That, that's not the objective standard. Your territory. You know. Yeah. That's not the enemy, by the way. No. That, that's just Nick on me. I'm from the streets. kid. Well, uh, but. like God respects property. I mean, so right, right. in that sense, but as like a street, like brawler, you don't get to decide this is your territory. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what they're doing. Well, I, so like to your point, Theon, like this, this whole issue is totally misconstrued and we're not looking at as Christians, we're not looking at it through the right lens. And the right lens is what the government asking is asking us to do. Does it contradict God's law? Exactly. Because that's our ultimate authority. He's our ultimate authority. He's our standard, mm-hmm. um, our unchanging, perfect standard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when we lose sight of that, right, and just willy-nilly essentially comply with the government, there's a big problem there. Mm-hmm. There's a big problem. And, and uh, we, you know, a lot of Christians have been taught for a lot of years. I mean, not back in the Puritan age. They really are were theonomists. They were pioneers yes. of it, you know, and, and it's been around in church history for 2,000 years. Um, however, the, the Puritans were theonomists. And... Mm. Um, 
uh, Christians been taught for a long time, and maybe because of dispensationalism, maybe because of uh, premillennialism. Uh, I hope I don't offend anybody. That is, I'm not saying yeah. that uh, you're not a Christian or anything like that. But however, you know, some uh, some people are just waiting for the rapture, and yeah. some people are just waiting to be sucked up, and the world is going to lose, um, and you're going to lose. They persecuted the apostles; they're going to persecute you, and everything is doom and gloom. So why get involved right. in the government at all? Why make a stand? Right. And and as a post-millennialist uh, post and a theonomist, I, I do believe those things. Of course, I come from apologia. Right. Um, and uh, I was reluctant to actually believe in these things, too, because I didn't want to become a character of so, apologia. But. In like a really short <laughs> summary, what they, Nick is describing is his eschatological views. So yeah. like our end times theology. And we don't believe we believe that like God, God's kingdom is like being established i mean it is established but it's being um yeah, it, cultivated right like we're making disciples and he will win the world jesus is cur- like conquering enemies right under his feet and the meek shall inherit the earth yeah and so are, yeah and so i don't believe we don't believe that like the world is going to hell in a handbasket no, right i mean um, uh we do believe through many trials and tribulations you enter the kingdom of heaven yeah um and so uh we have an optimistic view of this world right. and Christ's uh, lordship, and he has all authority in heaven and earth, and he gets to make the rules, and we listen to him. But he's established his kingdom, and it is growing, and so we don't have to panic. He's right. he's actively doing something, and he does judge nations, and if we're seeing uh, nations being brought down, um, that's what we're seeing, right. but we have a responsibility to that. He says, go and baptize and teach the nations. Right. And that's why we go, no government, you cannot do this because Jesus is Lord. Right. And yes. that's why. And all things are under his right. submit to God. And, and so yeah. I'm going to push back a little bit though, because we, we were saying, you know, it could be the end times, but um, eschatological views. Right. But I would actually think, potentially a reason why we're seeing a lot of Christians not push back on the government or um, use Romans 13, which again, I agree, we should submit to the government. Um, This has been a really big discussion for me with some other friends talking about spheres of jurisdiction. So, you know, the head of the church is the pastor, the head of the house is is of the family is is the husband and the government has a role within its governmental spheres and sometimes those Mm -hmm. things cross over 100%. But I would also say it's maybe not so much um, end times. A lot of people I know that struggle with unknowing where this stops and starts Um, and when I start talking about God's law, a lot of them are evangelicals that wouldn't fall into those pre-mill dispensational views but um, rather, I mean, I don't think they would even know what this is like antinomianism, but sure, like, sure, yeah. um, I think it comes down to a bigger discussion about God's law and covenant theology. Probably it does right. end up going right. there yeah. because a lot of them would say, well, God's law is done. It's gone. It's old. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah. And so therefore, um, yeah, no it's regard. not relevant to society today. Yeah, I think, you're, so, I think you're spot on yeah. on that one. I, 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 you know, uh, I don't disagree uh, with that whatsoever. I do hear people talking like that mm. um, as well, um, and that is that is probably. <laughs> Uh, that is probably, you know, uh, th- those people that think that uh, like that are a victim of, you know, the kind of the squishiness and evangelical church of cheap grace, you know, um, that they don't understand regeneration. Regeneration is actually 
uh, obviously you get a new heart, a new spirit, but God's law written on your heart and that he brings yes. the law to the uh, to the nations. You know, they'll read Leviticus and say, well, I, I guess it doesn't matter if I, uh, you know, have something on my face that's white. You know, um, I'm not defiled yeah. anymore, so I can just disregard yeah. that instead of looking at the general equity, like our right. uh, great confessions of faith would say about the moralistic and the judicial aspect in God's character uh, uh, in that. Um, and right. so and extrapolating uh, those things from the scripture right, right. and applying them to the public square. I mean, we can get technical. Is that do they really believe in the immutability of God? Right. Um, <laughs> he hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, though, yeah. Uh, though, yeah the way that's a uh, great point yeah that's it, such a good point because uh, we do tend to kind of i mean i think every christian has probably been guilty of this at some point oh yeah. we kind of compartmentalize god into you know old testament wrath and like you know how jesus new testament you know yeah um and that's silly because yeah. he is the i mean that, how sinful and how right. narrow-minded to right. fall you know victim to that <laughs> type of thinking he is he doesn't change because he doesn't have to change he's perfect right i mean if yeah. You don't believe and, in- and, and both those things holding both those right. things yeah in, in yeah yeah no totally I mean, I mean look at the attributes of god and tell me um, right. that uh, you uh you go no that th- this doesn't apply in the new covenant he doesn't do that anymore um i mean if you don't believe in the wrath of god then you certainly didn't pay attention in 70 AD. No, okay, so hear me, hear me. Yeah. If you don't believe and respect the wrath of God, then you are missing the point of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. God's wrath had to be satisfied in Christ. Amen. It had to be satisfied in Christ. Right. If it didn't, if it was insignificant or inconsequential or no longer existed somehow, right. then Christ's sacrifice becomes obsolete exactly. and insi- insignificant and unnecessary. Yeah, right, right. Amen. Yeah. And it was Jesus yeah. who came in judgment in 70 AD in Israel, uh, in yeah. Jerusalem. Um, and I, well, I believe that, um, and, uh, that temple brought, got brought down, uh, as well. So there is no distinction between Jew and Gentile. We're going to have to, we're going to, guys, we're going to have to do like a whole nother series together where we go through like eschatology. Fear and preterism. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh gosh. And like, I'm saying all this, like, I mean, I'm very fortunate to be in a church that upholds this stuff, you know, right. and I, and I count myself blessed we for that, but I, but I know, um, there are many that are struggling with this because it, it, it is, it's, I know we're meant to be talking about fear. We've kind of gone down a rabbit hole of this, but right, it is right. so relevant because it, it feeds into the fact of where we view, how we read Romans 13 in light of God's law and character. And he calls us to be as Christians and how that plays out for the day to day, whether it be complying with a certain law by the government or not. Exactly. Um, that feeds into how our reactions are and the motivation and are we fueled by fear? Are we worried about what's going to come from man or are we worried about what's going to come from God? You know? So, I mean, in Romans 13, really, I mean, it, when it talks about government submission and their role and what they're supposed to do, they're supposed to protect the people from, uh, you know, dom- totally. domestic violence, foreign violence, all that stuff. There are, are uh, a sword, uh, for justice. Um, and uh, it says that there are God's servants. The Greek word in there would be deacons, God's ministers. God's, right. They're supposed mm-hmm. to serve the people uh, on that. Um, they were never supposed to be the authority that we bow down to in worship. They were supposed to be the authority right. established by God. And at the mm. beginning of Romans 13, it says there is no authority but God. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah. so when they yeah. try to dismiss God, again, we, you know, uh, uh, we've already, uh, you know, said 
something like this in the beginning, when they try to usurp God's authority, that's when the Christians would say, wait, hold on. Right. No. And here's the thing. You may suffer for it. Um, there's people. No, that, you will suffer. Yeah, you will <laughs> suffer for it. And um, to whatever degree, but there's people in China right now in right. jail because they read the book of Daniel. Um, and, um, Mm -hmm. and they give hope, uh, because of the return of Christ. Um, and so, um, you know, and now, you know, and the government can't have that. You can't have a hope outside of the government, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a socialist, uh, uh, um, uh, aspect of, of persecution, what they will do to Christians. Um, but then in the Western culture, it's, Okay, well, they're technically free, so how can we manipulate this situation? And we become so reliant on everything handed to us and so disillusioned with our riches um, that uh, we fear losing them as well. That's so funny. I was actually having this conversation earlier today, and I was... um, like you know like this idea of like like our our officials and having that like fear of losing power right like losing their authority um their power and like what you know like we we know that you know sin motivates all of that right but part of me like started thinking about um like i'm sure like you guys are all watching everything going on with Prince Andrew and his associations with Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, I, part of me wonders if like some of these people that are in these positions of power, like they're so fear driven to maintain that power because of what might come out about them. Like if they were to lose that authority, like yeah. the hushing authority. You got to double down now. Um, I mean, this is like, this is kind of a, like an subset topic of fear, but, um, I think like kind of to what your point was earlier, Nick, there's so many different types of fear here. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all being exploited and manipulated. I mean, like that fear has been one of the the things that controls people. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, since we have any recorded thought period, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the very. The first sin, sin. <laughs> uh, was a, 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 a fear um, um, of not God. So um, yeah. I want to know, and you know, that's idolatry. Idolatry is fear uh, of something else rather than right God. worshiping something else. Yeah, right? uh, and God. or at least in the respect manner. You know what I mean? That conjures Bow, up, bowing yeah, to yeah, it, bowing right? to it, uh, uh, given obeisance uh, uh, on that. And so uh, again, there's many different categories of fear and why, um, um, you know, why they're doing this. I, I mean, I can say myself as as an addict, I feared withdrawal. So I kept mm-hmm. doing it, though I knew I w- shouldn't have, do it, uh, have done it. But that pain that I was going to feel thereafter if I quit, I just didn't want to handle. And yeah. that actually keeps people in there, especially, um, you know, hard narcotics that elicit really bad withdrawals. Sure. And so, I mean, I can take that as a metaphor and go, people don't want to lose. You're going to go through some kind of existential withdrawal if right. you have something taken yeah. away. You from don't want to, yeah. right. Like you don't want to lose the yeah. security of that drug you're taking. Exactly. And it it's, might be the government's propaganda. Yeah. And uh, you need to rely on them because then, you know, 
you know, if you don't have somebody tying your shoe uh, for you and you don't know how to tie it, you're going to trip. Yeah. And uh, I keep using weird metaphors, but I think you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in Cass, uh, so let's let's go down that line. What are the different categories of fear that you may be seeing in, you know, in one person as opposed to the other or uh, uh, are you lumping it all in one? Yeah, I don't know. For for me, I would definitely say there seem the one that's probably the most shocking for me as a Christian. Um, and again, everything we're talking about here is is more we're talking about Christians, right? Like we're on the same page. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, is this fear of sickness and death? Yeah. I think I think that's the thing that's unsettled me the most. Mm. Is that I mean. Apart from the fact we can look at the data for the age group of like, I think it was 30 to no, 25 to 35 or something like that. The survival rate of COVID is 99.97%. Yeah. Right? Okay. So for starters, the fear of that is irrational. Right. If you look at it, it's, it actually ends up being comparatively the same as choking on food. Yet we eat three, four, five, six meals a day. Sure. Right. Without even considering. So, I mean, if you look at me, it's it's seven meals a day, but okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but, um, for me, I think what has been really unsettling would be this fear of sickness and death. And now we know in scripture that that we shouldn't be having that, right? Like we see in in, um, Mark 8, you know, we need it. Whoever saves his life loses it, blah, blah, blah. But we also see in like Matthew um, 10, which I love, this, I won't read the whole thing. It's quite lengthy, but it's, it's Matthew 10, 27, 26 to 33, but it's God saying like, um, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Right. And not to spare soul for a penny, blah, blah, blah. So much of your hair's sure. counted on your head, that passage. And I'm like, okay, if, if what, what witness are we being as Christians when we are buying into this narrative mm-hmm. that we should be petrified when we know, mm-hmm. we know the hard data is there evidenced that this is not a rational fear to have, right. but yet we're buying into it mm-hmm. and we're selling it to not only our friends and our family, but to our children, yeah. mm-hmm. to our church congregation. And every time we don't question it at, or we're too fearful to have a conversation around it, every time we continue to be divided over it, we're, we're allowing more of that fear to take place and to take root. And for me as a Christian, I, I, I'm, I'm like, you cannot read scripture and see any justification for being fearful of being sick. Right. Right. I mean, I can, now I can understand, I can understand at the same time that it's really hard for us. And I think it's always going to be a lifelong journey to be genuinely 100% sold out, excited for eternity. There's always mm-hmm. going to be those moments of like, I'm, I get the thought of dying, the whole process, it freaks me out. Sure. It totally does. Yeah. Sure. I get that. But I need to fight that with biblical truth of going, I know that what I have here is just a blip in time. And what I actually have to look forward to is eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be one of the things for fear. I don't know if you guys want to speak into that. I've got yeah, other as ones. As far as the fear of death, you know, I, I want to add on and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to go ahead and be bold uh, by saying this. And of course, um, I'm not talking about any individual or that I can see into man's heart or anything like that, but yeah. it's just a general assumption. 
Yeah. You know, Christ said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. He's talking about the new covenant. He's talking about his resurrection. That is so powerful to me that I've, I've wanted to boil down in my sanctification. I wanted to boil down everything to the resurrection of the dead, that everything is a pit stop on the way to the fact that I will rise one day with him. Um, that yeah. is our hope. That is what we're supposed to encourage each other with. We have yeah. had a lot of life spoken into us. We've always had suffering and despair spoken True. into us. And then there's another category because I believe the rege fully regenerate heart will at least know that much. And so I start to question how many regenerate hearts are actually not regenerate at all. Mm. And so yeah. I go, I'm, I, are we seeing God? weed out the tears <laughs> I don't, yeah and, I mean, yeah i mean partially. That's, that's, that's a really valid point mm -hmm. yeah and I, and I i hate to go oh just because you're acting like this you're you're not saved i'm not saying that no, I'm just, no, but no. if we look at a meta example and just look at it collectively we're dealing with a lot of false converts Hmm. You know, and I don't know who they are, and I don't know no. if anybody has a big E attached to their forehead. I don't know who the elect are, um, <laughs> and uh, I can only confirm my own salvation, as Second Peter one would say to do, and uh, as John wrote, that I can have assurance um, it, because he's writ written uh, these accounts down, um, and you know, I, I'm extremely convicted. If I start to fear man over God and I'm, I'm human, I've done I'm, that. Of course, I've yeah, done that. of course, you know, have you met my mother? Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's one that I love her uh, great, yeah, she's uh, great. dearly. She she's listens. So, so I just make fun of her. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I have feared man uh, uh, over God so many times um, that uh, the Holy Spirit will let me know when I'm acting uh, irrationally. And I have God's law to understand what, I uh, am, am supposed to do um, and when to make waves and when to stir up godly trouble and right. then also when to stay silent um, yeah. and to understand the times. And sometimes I go, you know, maybe God is judging us. Well, uh, I don't yeah. know the end result, yeah. if America is going to be America, if Australia is still going to be Australia. But he's definitely doing something, and we are seeing more and more now arising up, and I'm, I'm biased, uh, of Reformed theology and people who are zealous for God's word and want objective truth. And so mm. and sometimes we need to go through this to even pull those people out of the woodworks that God has actually saved. Mm -hmm. And I will, I will, if, if I'm right about that, or if that's, the, if that's what's going on, you will start to see less fear over time because people are just going to get sick of it. And they're going to come out of the shadows. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I will say that is what is taking place in Australia at the moment. I, I will say Praise in the last, God. probably only in the last literally month or two. Yeah. I mean, people that I used to speak to that, you know, just good family and friends, uh, granted a lot of them weren't, aren't believers, but like they were petrified and now they're like, oh, I got COVID. I'm fine. Yeah. You know, the reality is kind of, All you know, of and I know that's different to what you're talking about, but there is definitely a change uh -huh. I'm seeing in the church. And I think for me as well, I have seen, um, so in Australia, the church is shut down for a long time here. Mm. There was pretty much, I'd only heard of one or two churches that stayed open the whole time. Mm. Um, I'm sure there was more, but that I heard of. Um, it's um, shut down here too. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but whereas now I don't know if they would act the same. Right. You know, if, if the same things were to come through, they might, I don't know, but I feel like there is 
a sense of change coming that that people are, are over it. They're sick of it, mm. you know, yeah. and God's using that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, he, I mean, I really, I'm so glad to hear that. And I think he is, I think that we're seeing that here. Unfortunately, like we've just got that polar divide. Like half of us still seem to be buying into the narrative yeah. um, that the government is selling and the other half, I mean, just aren't at all. And with churches shut down, there's all, you know, if the churches were still open, we would have a lot more leg to stand on to right. as well because we would have yes. a lot more leadership uh to counter uh any kind of oppression that may come at us um mm. i'm thinking i'm gonna uh, put this element out um you know that the, the lord's supper that sacrament that means of grace it, it is very special to do that every time you gather mm-hmm. it proclaims life we were talking about you know just a fear of death i don't i can't fear death when i break bread and drink the wine mm-hmm. um, in there right I, some people That's use great grape. point some people use grape juice okay i'm, I'm, I'm all right, <laughs> right. whatever <laughs> <laughs> he didn't turn water into grape juice by the way well. um, <laughs> but uh, uh but um that proclamation i mean uh I have to self-examine myself every time I go to that table and I have to say, don't let me just do this as some kind of ritual. Let me not skip your presence in here. Let me fully revel in this and wonder in this and have a jaw dropping moment every time I place that bread on my tongue and I drink that, uh, that wine. And I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, you go out, you, that's the what's the means of grace does it reiterates salvation inside that individual yeah and the encouragement of the body is there and if you teach god's law it's there everything starts to run we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy my mind has changed yeah and and i feel differently Mm -hmm. now yeah and i'm getting emotional i want to (laughs) cry no no but it's true because it 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 takes you out of an internal internal mindset and puts you into an eternal one yeah Yeah. and i've never felt more happy in my life so yeah i love that yeah, that's yeah. a good that's t-shirt worthy yes it is and, and without that merch coming to you soon <laughs> yeah, exactly without those elements without receiving the means of grace this is why i don't like zoom churches you know what i mean i understand if you can't make it you have to watch online fine i'm glad your church does that sure but um it's not like you it's, can't it's, substitute actually gathering with the body yeah. for a, like a permanent virtual church i'm sorry you can't be sanctified at home it's just you know not like that and um you're missing a crucial component and you're also uh robbing yourself of the resilience that the holy spirit would give you and you're robbing the body of the foot or the hand or you're a part of that yeah you're like each one of us right like i think it's also in matthew where like that that's you know being a part of the body like there is no part of the body that's less important than another part and when you forsake the gathering which is in direct opposition to what we're commanded to do you suffer and so does the body like the yeah. body is also without your gifting without right. your love for christ you know without any edification or building right. up or exhortation that you would do you know with other members of the body it's i think like part of it is we are so quick to just look at it in like this superficial way and we haven't like allowed ourselves to really ask like how is this impacting us mm. like in what level are we really allowing this to impact us? 
And I'm, I'm glad to hear that at least in the last like month or two, you're seeing a shift happen because people are like, it sounds like people are just getting fed up. Um, just recently, I'm not going to remember the date, but within like the last week or so was the anniversary of Jim Elliott's martyrdom. Mm, okay. Do you, yeah. did you remember seeing that on social media? Um, no, not to not, go ahead and, and, and recap us. Yeah. On that. So, yeah, recap. so Jim Elliott, um, along with four other Christian missionaries wow. were speared to death okay. while they were trying to make contact with a tribe, yeah. um, in Ecuador now I remember. in yeah. like 1950 something. Yeah. Um, sorry guys, I didn't research this to prep for it. Um, but one of the things that Jim Elliott said, um, they found this in his journal after he was, he was killed. Um, I love so much and it speaks to this issue of this like fear of death issue. <clears throat> he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm. Right. Wow. Wow. Chills. So, and what's so nuts, like any of you guys that are interested in the story, it's so incredible. It's so encouraging. Jim Elliott's wife and daughter actually end up living with the tribe that murdered him. Mm. Um, It's Elizabeth Elliott. Elizabeth Elliott. Yeah. So go check. Like, it's just incredible yeah their their story is incredible but that's that's our truth as christians and look at the strength yeah the strength to ability to even write that and i guess you know when we're talking about the categories of fear uh cass um you know I, i do see a fear of death but then also that is correlated with a lack of resilience uh, to suffering sure. a, as well. I just described mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper and how, I, I dare I say, empowering, but the building up in godly strength, yes. right? Foregoing yourself, being meek, but drawing strength from the Lord builds up the resilience. So when this comes, yeah. yeah, you feel it. You're allowed to be sad, allowed to be angry and frustrated and all all the colors of the rainbow that emotions uh, are in, in, in mankind. Uh, yet do not sin uh, in those yeah, things. Right. But you still have that strength. I mean, it's not just a pithy saying that we say we need to lean on to the strength of the Lord and quote Proverbs 3 and lean on to his understanding. <laughs> yeah. Because if you can't walk that, then you have a lack of resilience. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you're going to be uh, scared. Um, you don't know what to do. You thought you had to submit per Romans 13. You were wrong in your interpretation of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, what am I, what am I going to do here? And as, as, as somebody in behavioral health and uh, doc, uh, Dr. Robin Hall, <laughs> uh, as somebody uh, uh, that has their doctorate in, in psychodynamics, you know how just important resilience can be. Well, yeah, not psychodynamics, but the clinical psychology. Um, um, yeah. I could not even imagine writing a dissertation on Freud. Lord help yeah. me. Right. right. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for sparing me. The, like, what we did an episode yeah. on Freud and we got so fresh. I got so frustrated talking about him. I think we, you kind of hit like another piece of this that's important. It's not just fear of death that's going on. It's fear of suffering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so true. We yep. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody does. It's, it sucks. Yeah. Like it's, it's difficult. Right. But again, like I'm going to go back and reiterate, we're missing the point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus, God in, incarnate, right. Did not spare his own suffering here. Why on earth do we believe as Christians, especially that we are going to be afforded some special rights where we go through, like we walk through this life Mm. without suffering. 
it's just, it's absurd. And if you are believing in a Christ that tells you that once you like, once you believe in him, there's never going to be another problem. You have misunderstood the gospel. It's false. That's not, that is not what scripture says. Mm. Right. And don't be afraid either of the old Testament. Like if you don't understand God's law, go understand it. Yeah. Like, don't be lazy about it. Don't be like, just don't be intimidated by it. Mm. I like, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself, right? Like I remember when I was a baby Christian, like the thought of going through Leviticus or, I mean, it was just like, no, 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 no. But it is so edifying. I'm like, I can't even believe I used to think that way. Right. Mm. Don't be intimidated by it. Um, you don't like God's word will hold up to anything. Mm. It will. Yeah anything yeah. Yeah. i mean i've studied leviticus um Good for you. a few times yeah yeah and people just cannot understand how much i love it <laughs> i know i there's actually so much mercy and grace right. yeah. and love and justice i mean when you read god's law you take a step back and you go we are so far mm-hmm. from understanding a form of justice mm-hmm that we get offended by God's law right. because we're that far removed wow. from what justice actually looks like. Right. Exactly. Talk about I mean, psychosis. That's, that's psychosis. Or delusional. Right yeah, delusional. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. I, I mean, like God is so merciful and there is definitely still a few bits where I'm like, oh, I don't really understand that. But then I realize because right. I am a mere human yeah. that is so far removed from the truth right. and in a society so far removed. I just can't even yeah. start to understand some of those and, things. And, and us as Christians get to talk about justice. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, when you're a kid, you didn't, you didn't care about politics because you just thought that, that that's what the things that the, the, the adults and, do. And it's not really a big deal. I mean, or that's kind of like, you don't really, you're not really necessarily interested in like adult politics, but kids engage in po- like political. Yeah, they have a little yeah, governmental oh hierarchies. Gosh, now, absolutely. Yeah, um, we, because we understand justice because we have God's law written right. on our heart. Uh, how, how yeah. merciful of God to even give us a standard I know. of justice. My goodness. Are we we already messed up. Yeah. We already <laughs> fell. We deserve judgment. That's the justice that we would de- right. deserve. But he decided in the covenant of grace to give us his law and say, this is how you have yeah. to yeah. structure yourself. And yes, you're not justified by this. You're justified by uh, faith and faith alone in Christ Jesus and what he has accomplished in the atonement and the resurrection. Um, and that's what you're justified by. And now because of that grace, we get to walk according to his law. It, right. it, 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 it transforms us. And so we were just talking about resilience uh, yeah. uh, in there. And of course, a lack of resilience uh, of the individual cannot pass on strength for the next generation to come. Yeah. And before we started this podcast, we were talking a little bit about that we wanted to go down that route and talk about future generations. And yeah. I guess I have all kinds of things to say about it, Robin, you, you may as well. But Cass, I'm, here, I'm curious to, uh, to hear uh, from your point of view about um, future generations, how you think that they may uh, react to this or uh, are you fearful for them Be as well? Things like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, it's been a big thing for me personally. Um, I mean, so I just actually heard an interview and I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm going to butcher it. I will try and put it in the episode notes, which is fine, the legitimate interview. But uh, this guy was talking about the effects that 
all of this this COVID lockdowns and and the fear of germs and whatnot has had on our children and on the next generation. And I mean, um, he was just talking about suicide rates are an all-time high historically. It's never been seen before for children so young as in primary school committing suicide. Mm. I mean, that blows my mind. Yeah. Wow. How can it like what? Know. You know, we, we've got I spoke to my friend who's a assistant principal and he was like, no one's talking about the effects. You know, year three is one of the most pivotal developmental um periods for children in that primary school age he said and there's been what two three years now of year three students missing out on the social interactions on the academic side of it everything um we're seeing children with anxiety i have a good friend her son is now struggling with um anxiety since covid he separation anxiety he can't go out he's fearful and so it's been really interesting and I think for me I was convicted quite early on I said you know my husband and I like you know what we're gonna pray through this we're gonna look at this okay children are our children are a responsibility I can't do anything for anyone else's kids but my children have been given to me they are God's children I gotta look after them here that's my job okay Lord what does that look like in the midst of all this COVID madness and so right at the beginning of COVID you know there's hand sanitizers everywhere Mm. So my children are banned. They're not allowed to touch that. They are not allowed. They know they are not to touch hand sanitizer. Oh, wow. Because he, my son was coming home from preschool and saying, oh, the bad germs in the air. And I was like, no, I will tell you when there's bad germs and I will tell you when there is good germs. You don't need to worry about germs. Yeah. I was like, this rubbing of our hands all the time, it's going to make the bad germs worse. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to leave it for now and I will tell you when you can use it. Mm-hmm. And I cut up raw chicken the other day and I was like, See this raw chicken? When it's cooked, it turns into good germs. But when it's not cooked, it's bad germs. So then we have to wash our hands really well. Oh, okay, mummy. Yep, no worries. But I was looking at it. And then when I spoke to my friend who has her son that has anxiety and then a few other people that I know that have a similar experience with their primary school age children, I just looked at my husband. I was like, now more than ever, we have to fight for our children to like quench these lies that they are hearing constantly. I mean, they're hearing it at daycare. They're hearing it with their friends. They're hearing it down at the park. So like we broke the law and we took the kids to the park several times during lockdown. Um, And one lady I had a discussion with her and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, my children need the sun. My children need to be go out and play and have kids. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want them to be locked up in home and fearful. And so I'm fighting for that. And, and I know not everyone's going to agree with my approach. I get that. But um, I think one of the biggest things for me now is what is the effect, this fear that we are um, so like, I've been seeing more and more younger kids wearing masks in Australia now, like mm-hmm. real young, like really young yeah. in, in the shops. Yeah, and that's not even mandated for them. Like it's yeah. actually not necessary. So what are we, what are we telling those children, you know? And, oh, yeah. and, and I get it again, not a believer, different standard, but <laughs> as Christians, we need to be fighting for that next generation mm-hmm. and ensuring that we're not feeding to them the fear that we're allowing in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, scripture says that, you know, a child is like an arrow in a man's quiver, right? Yes. I'm paraphrasing that verse, but it only, it, you know, it has to stay an arrow, right? You can't break the arrow or dull the tip. You won't be able to shoot it. Um, And uh, it certainly, it certainly isn't going to make an impact 
um, you know, when it does hit something. Um, and so we're just sending dull arrows out to the uh, uh, to the world with no resilience. And, um, yeah. and we're stripping them from, um, you know, the resilience that it takes to to suffer in a fallen world with Christ. So, yeah, to be brave yeah, and to be brave. And uh, I think that um, that is a lost art teaching your children bravery um, as well. Um, and uh, I don't well, have children myself, so uh, bravery, bravery, yeah. not because there's actually like a like a truly legitimate danger with this disease, but bravery right. to like go to the park and to play. Yeah, when Just the normal no one else, yeah. no one else is doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, my dad was a huge John Wayne fan, and when he was sick and dying of cancer in the hospital and he was going to his treatments, my sister made like this little sign, it's like cheer. For him you know to cheer him up and it was a john wing quote about um courage and i love it because it speaks to like the heart of the heart of it um like courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway mm. and like oh i love that you know courage like if, to experience that feeling of courage bravery right there needs to be fear or there needs to be like you don't regular circumstances don't require courage or bravery, mm -hmm. right? It's extraordinary circumstances yeah. that do. And, um, I, I love it. Cass, like, I think you are the superwoman of Australia. I think you, uh, I no. think you, <laughs> you like super mom. Cause here's the thing. Like, even if, even if you really haven't thought about what it is, what message it is that you're sending to your kids by complying with these things that have literally no scientific backing whatsoever, right? Um, like you're teaching them that it's also okay, like to be ridden all over by their government. Like mm -hmm. things don't need to be true. Things don't need to be genuine. It's okay to lie. And those things are so like in opposition to what we believe as Christians, you know, as what Christ tells us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is long lasting. The effects are long lasting. And we know that, that trauma like in general is transmitted, you know, transgenerationally. Um, and I can't, I mean, I don't even think that we have words to describe the scope of like the psychological impact yeah. that this is going to have for generations to come. You know, all I could say is with a lack of resilience, a fear of suffering, we're just going to see tremendous depression, anxiety. Yeah. We're going to see bipolar disorders. So we're going to see, uh, we're going to see a lot of things. And, um, you know, at this time, um, you know, be praying for that next generation. So if you're a believer, be praying for the next gener yeah. generation and yeah. be intentional for them. You know, with this, yeah. you know, uh, uh, abortion uh, is running rampant. We're killing mm. off the next generation. And, mm. um, and I mean, it's true. We have even statistics here and I'm not going to quote them accurately or anything like that. I'm not going to give you any percentage, but, you know. <sighs> major people groups have less people in them now let's just say it that yeah. way mm -hmm. uh, yeah. because of abortion yeah. and um you know if you're living here in america you can put two and two together and and, <coughs> and you can understand what i'm talking about there uh but that is uh that is the the, the reality of the things we're we're not taking care of the next generation we're going to see uh this and what i hope could happen is because mankind is extremely tremendous when it comes to um, um, needing to battle. And 
I'm hoping that there is patterns uh, uh, and, and, and cycles of behavior being broken um, by um, by so much suffering that, you know what, I don't want to suffer anymore. This is all I can do. Uh, and that means fight. And uh, I hope that that pattern of behavior is broken, um, you know, by the next generation. If it's, you know, I'm 33, maybe I'm a part of it, but um, <laughs> Um, that's, that's just what I, you know, I'm, I, I may be rambling here. I'm going off on a ramble, but, uh, but, uh, that's, uh, just kind of how I feel about that and, uh, kind of how mm -hmm. I've analyzed that and looked at that. <clears throat> um, and that usually is the, sometimes the case when, you know, previous generations or future generations, when they are coming alive and they're seeing the previous generation act like animals, they look at that and go, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. 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 Like a pendulum, right? Like it just, right. it exactly. Exactly. I've, I've seen that in myself. You know, I've looked at, um, you know, uh, generations of my families and I go, oh, what are they doing? You know, I, I, I don't come from a broken family, you know, in my immediate family. But if I look at my father's side, there is a tremendous breakage in marriage and divorce and all that stuff. And I go, listen, that is that has plagued that side of the family. Um, and I don't, I have a bunch of half cousins and quarter cousins and things <laughs> like that. I don't know anybody else with my last name, but my immediate family. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I go, I, I and it may seem like uh, I, I'm picking on something small, but it is really a big deal because um, that that's that lineage that's that legacy that's the ones uh that the you know i don't want to give that to my next generation i have to follow yes. christ and that's how he propagates faithful believers that come up and rise uh for future tyranny because there will be yeah. future uh, tyranny if we're not prepared for right. it right like i think it's important to remember we're leaving a heritage whether we like whether we're being obedient to Christ or we're yeah, not exactly like the, the each like path results in a heritage, right? Do you want the heritage of the broken family, you know, um, or do you want the heritage where like you resisted tyranny where God called you to, mm -hmm. right? And you demonstrated yep. that to your kids. Um, I would so much rather know, like, even though the idea of being separated from my one-year-old son is devastating to me, I would so rather know, like, that as, uh, like, an adult, he, like, his mom was arrested for standing up for something worthwhile, mm. right, for standing for yes. truth, mm. rather than being compliant. Um, that's, yep. like, that's christ legacy that's what i want to leave right yes we're leaving a heritage whether like one way or the other we are we are so right, yeah be picky about it start being aware of what it is that you're how what you're doing is impacting your kids mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think a big thing for me practically what that looks like as well is <sighs> potentially we've lost sight or lost track of what it means to be in awe of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Yeah. So like I'm doing the Bible reading challenge with a whole lot of her theology listeners at the moment and we're doing the whole Bible in nine months thing. We're just done. Um, we're just done one Kings yeah. and we're doing Proverbs as we're going through that. And it just keeps on coming up this fear of the Lord, you know, Solomon feared the Lord when they stopped fearing the Lord, all of a sudden 
all this stuff happens, Great. you know, all the fear of man comes in, all the fear of, you know, whatever it may be. And, and we no longer follow the statutes and the commands of the law because we're worried about what other people think. We're worried about what society is going to say. We're worried. We want that woman, right. <laughs> you know, like right. those things come in. And so for me with the next generation, it's about raising them up so that they understand what does it mean to fear the Lord? I remember looking into that when I first kind of came back to the faith mm-hmm. and, um, and I remember I studied that and that really, that changed, transformed my faith because I realized what, cause it's, it's a foreign concept in today's society, right. To fear something is good. Right. Cause we're talking about fear being bad. Right. But right. fear of the Lord is a good thing. It's in, right. it's coming in the right standing to God and the creator of the universe. Um, and so I, I would say like for people listening that have children, or even if you don't have children, you know, raising the next generation to understand what it means to fear the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's the beginning of all wisdom. Absolutely. Proverbs says. I saw, so I saw you post something beautiful today. You, you, you just said, you know, uh, it, I'm going to paraphrase it. Yeah. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord and the beginning of foolishness is the fear of man. Something like that. Yeah. It was Jen Wilkin. Yeah. Yeah. Jen shared Wilkins, post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and really, and that, that's, that, that is, truth right and when we start fearing yeah. man we become foolish debased in our mind and so there's that other aspect of fear is that we've trusted man and and has let us down mm-hmm. and now yeah. we don't i mean uh, everybody will let you down one way or another even your best friend <laughs> uh, lets you down yeah. um of course we have mercy and grace uh when those things happen uh but the lord will never let you down right I mean, who is All it right. that can give grace to the lord nobody because he's no done way. nothing wrong yeah and and look into the real full character of God. Don't, you know, don't just fall into the trap. We talked about it earlier of, yeah. you know, Attributes. let's focus on Jesus New Testament and, and we're too scared to look at the OT. No, let's, let's look at both and balance it and get a really full, robust mm-hmm. image of who God is and his character. Right. Um, go to Revelation, go to Revelation too. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like we do not yeah. worship this hippie flower giving, like Harry Krishna, Jesus that wears sandals and a white robe. Like we worship a king. Mm-hmm. Yep. The king, yeah, right? He's not a weak sword. Who serves justice? Yeah. Yeah. That sword, man. I always think about that sword in Revelation. Uh, Dr. White said something like that uh, in a, a past debate that he did. And he's, he says, and I, you know, That's, I'm uh, Dr. James White for yeah, Dr. James White. Yeah. Uh, and he said something uh, along the lines of, that I'm tired of people thinking that we worship a weak savior yeah. and a needy savior. He is a sovereign king, and no one, no one, and say to him, what have you done? <laughs> yeah. No, um, yes. And if that doesn't build up, resi- I mean, you just said when you were coming back to the faith, that is the aspect that you were looking at the fear of the Lord. And it profoundly changed your, yes. your, your whole faith. I have friends that have had that epiphany too, as well. I have a friend that actively said, no, I, you know, I don't fear God. I don't fear God. Why would I fear God? And he learned that night what it meant to fear <laughs> huh? God. It, oh, I man. mean, he got convicted right away yeah and it radically mm-hmm. changed him he's the better for it now that's all he proclaims right he's been transformed he's like you need to fear the lord you want to get over sin you need to fear the lord start with yeah start with that repent but yeah start with that you repent because you fear the lord right you know and uh and he understands that and because he understands the fear of the lord he understands the tremendous love and grace and mercy of the lord oh the same yes thing. yeah yes. they go hand in hand that's right. when we look at the cross and we, we go we're seeing the hatred of sin uh by god and the love of his people by god right 
right yes. uh, all at the same time it's where it's where mercy and justice kiss for the first time <laughs> you know what i mean yeah uh, mercy and yeah. judgment mercy and wrath they kiss right there at the cross and it's for you uh all who believe so. that sounds like we it could be a folk song like the lyric to a folk song well, mercy and just kiss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's got to be a little bit twangy, like some banjo. Right, right. I, yeah. I, I like Cass, you can play like a saw if you want to in the background. Right. The case tunes, because that's a big thing over here, isn't it? No, oh, no, it's not a big thing over here. I don't know why I said that. It's not. <laughs> there are some people that play the teaspoons, but it's not a big thing. <laughs> All we have here in America when we think about Australia is, you know, I, I, we say down under. Is that even like appropriate? Are Aren't we down under compared to you? Are we down under? No, like, we're north of them. They're we're below, north. They're I don't south know. of the equator. Well, I mean, okay. is the earth flat? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we get a bunch of people outside of our church protesting against us telling us that it is, though. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. That happens okay. all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah like, That's fun. Flat earthers, they really want to come. They want to come talk to yeah. Jeff Durbin. Um, so well, wow. guys, my voice is like, you guys hear me? I'm coughing. My voice is like on the way out. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been talking for about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, Cass? Before we write, it's been a it's been such a pleasure to even talk to you and to get to know you. I'm sure this won't be our last conversation. Certainly won't be the last time we talk to you. Uh, you know, personally. Uh, any last thoughts on this? Uh, did we touch on everything that you uh and uh you, you know really wanted, wanted to, to? Yeah, that you really wanted to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I think we did. I think. I think for me, it's just reminding everyone that we're listening to. Like you might have listened to this. I mean, if you've gotten this far, congratulations. Yeah, but thank you. Um, thank you for hanging <laughs> you, you may strongly disagree with some of the things we've said, but I think for me, it's it's um don't be fearful of um tough conversations. Don't be fearful to fight for the faith, fight for the believers, fight for unity in in the church. I think for me, I'm like. I think a lot of us are putting our hope in some sort of left or right government utopia. Yeah. That's never going to bring us utopia. No. Like both sides are always going to let us down in some right. way, shape or form. Right. And so like, we need to be fighting hard now against this division um, and, and, and coming together, even if we disagree on some certain aspects, but like coming together and really fighting for it. I think that's a big thing for right. me. Yeah. Um, and I'll just say this, uh, we talked a lot more uh, about theology but do you not see, you know, anybody who's listening, do you not see how, you know, your mental health, your behaviorisms um, um, are tied in with the aspect of theology? As soon as we yeah. started talking about fear and how much that plagues us, we started talking about doctrine thereafter uh, to yep. give us that resilient component to deal with the things that are all around yep. us. They go hand in hand. You cannot separate it. This is why we do what we do at a couch divided. And this is why Cass does what she does at her theology. Yeah. 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 yeah amen. Yeah. So we get well, guys, I feel like we need to, yeah, just check in with each other like yeah. every quarter and do another one. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This is so much fun. I'll have better mics. Yeah, this is too. great. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I won't sound like a 75 year old smoker in a piano lounge. Hopefully, <laughs> we're, we're going to reach all the peoples. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Amen. Well, Cass, thank you very much uh, yes. for joining us. Thanks for uh, letting us yeah. be on your show. Uh, we always end the episode yeah. like this. Uh, do you guys, do you have like an outro that you do uh, uh, in yours, uh, in your episodes as well? 
I say you should definitely like, follow, share yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're listening to and you should subscribe <laughs> on whatever platform you're listening to. I don't think people realize how much that helps though. It really does. Because Instagram and Facebook has an algorithm and it is out to destroy any small thing, yeah. really. I mean, like, yeah, it's insane. It you really can't is. fight it. So, you have, yeah. to have cat videos if you ever want to be seen. So, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, we always end it like this. Uh, uh, and so I hope this is encouraged, uh, encourages everybody listening. Of course, Cass, again, thank you very much for coming on letting, uh, and letting us come on your show. Yeah. We love you. We hope this encouraged uh, you as well. Um, and take heart, though fear may consume you, uh, consume you. Take heart. He, Jesus Christ, has overcome the world. Thank Amen, you. brother. Hey. And...